Hey, it's spring, and this is episode 44, titled Decluttering Spaces, Becoming a Happiness-Seeking Missile, subtitled Your Presence is Required, on the AlternativeHealthTools.com podcast, where we discover and share new alternative health tools and resources from alternative healthcare practitioners and other experts. What do you say? You know, it's they're usually calling me, and so I let them lead the way. You have to be. You have to really meet someone where they're at, and they need to feel safe with you because it's a really intimate process. So, just mm-hmm. someone who has an issue with clutter allowing you into their home is a huge step. Mm-hmm. And so, I come in with you know just the most loving, utmost respect for the clients mm-hmm. that I'm working with, and the courage that it takes for them to even call me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you just meet them where they're at, and I just start teaching them little by little. And each person is different. Like I can talk about energy with some people. I can't even men- mention energy with others or even talk about inner clutter with some people. Mm-hmm. And then other clients, I'm spending most of my time really trying to keep them on focus and not wander off somewhere else in the mm-hmm. house. When you and I met at the coffee house at Starbucks, you know, we sort of got a run and started talking about what we wanted to do on this show. Mm-hmm. Has that changed for you at all? or No, I'm just open to wherever it goes. I'm like, just trust in the process. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be interviewed. Okay, we'll just see what happens. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to go with the flow. And we'll see what goes on. Nice. Because I'm one of those, like, when you go to the, the networking meetings, I don't have, like, my 60-second spiel or anything like that. So when it comes to all that kind of stuff, I'm all like... So you typically come from the heart? Yeah. So originally, in our conversation, it was all about decluttering. Yes. I'm a declutter expert. Yes. I yes. believe that after talking to you at the coffee house. Yeah. So what, is, what, is that, what does that mean to most people, decluttering? You know, when people hear the word declutter, they automatically think of, you know, stuff they have stuffed in drawers or away in closets or clutter in their homes. And yeah, physical clutter is definitely clutter, but most people don't realize that clutter is just a symptom, just like drug addiction or overeating or gambling. Like having clutter is just an external symptom, which can go from, you know, someone who has minimal clutter all the way ranging up to hoarders who have loads of it, you know, so it has mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. both polarities as well. You're not really working with stuff, not external stuff. You're also working with internal stuff. I prefer to teach people how to get clutter at the root. I mean, I do work on the physical because you have to be willing to meet people where they are. And most mm-hmm. people have to start on the physical level first because they have physical clutter in their homes mm-hmm. and they want to get something done with that. And by getting in through the physical clutter, I'm able to teach them mm-hmm. about what the internal clutter is and move in that direction. But it does start with the physical piece coming in, working with someone. That's kind of where they come from because they have clutter. It's overwhelming. They're feeling it 
overwhelmed and just unhappy and not knowing what to do with it. So they're always looking for someone to come in and help them get started. But they don't realize at that point that that clutter is just a symptom of something deeper going on. Mm -hmm. And we can address the clutter and clean it up and neaten it up. But if we don't address the underlying issues, then Mm -hmm. the clutter is just going to come back. The surface is going to be covered again. You're going to be in disorganization again until we get to the root. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of the things I've been aware of, or it was... One little saying I heard was, uh, you know, that which is outside of yourself is a reflection of what's on going on inside, sort of consciousness. So how do you how do you how did you get started doing this? You know, it's kind of funny. Um, I was actually a really messy kid growing up, Uh and um, I had a lot of stuff happen to me when I was really young. I had already experienced kind of the dark night of my soul by the time I was 15. I had lost my brother to suicide, and I was the one who actually found him. And there were a lot of other things wrapped up in that, but that's like Mm -hmm. the core of what that trauma was. And Mm -hmm. um, that was really traumatic for me at 15 years old. He was five years older than me. But that led me on a journey of um, kind of being institutionalized, but being in a lot of therapy and being exposed to a lot of different things like meditation, progressive muscle relaxation, yoga, and those kind of things really early on. And what started to happen was... I learned how to be present with what was going on with me, the emotions that I kind of stuffed inside from that trauma mm-hmm. and, you know, seeing clearly the the limiting thought patterns that I was having, the repetitive thought patterns were just our beliefs. And what happened as I started to heal that stuff is I naturally became organized. It wasn't something where I just I started to learn organizing skills. I just naturally became more organized, more grounded, and needing clear space in my life mm-hmm. as I did the inner work. And I hadn't made any connections yet. I hadn't even been interested really in organizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I did is, because I was introduced to energy work and that kind of stuff and yoga meditation, I took an energy healing kind of segue and got my Reiki certification and was interested in that. Uh, But I never really did anything with it, and I was kind of too scared to do anything with it. And so I just stayed on your typical work nine to five, got into management, ran a ran a company for someone else, and and till I got really miserable and unhappy. And Mm. you know, spirit was just like, no, this is it. We need to figure something else out. And I was just so miserable and unhappy that I decided to make some changes in my life. And I was like, I'm really good at organizing, and. I've seen that show Hoarders, and I don't really feel like that's really helping people. There's so much more going on Mm -hmm. that I wanted to use the energy healing piece and help people clear the internal clutter through working with energy and through clearing the limiting beliefs and helping people learn to be present with those repressed emotions and Mm -hmm. release the judgments and and all the, the negativity that's stuck in there so that they can experience the freedom that I have today. Because... I was so I took the energy healing and combined it with organizing to help people get organized from the inside out and really clear that internal clutter so that they can achieve their natural state of happiness. That's just our natural state. We were born with it. Like we're born to be happy. And if you're not really feeling happy every day, there's some clutter in there. There's some clutter blocking your flow, blocking your light. And you deserve to be happy. It's what you came here to be. Hmm. Got it. So is there a common type of clutter that a lot of people experience? 
I mean, paper is a big thing for people. Paper. Paper is like one of the notorious things that I spend hours with my clients on because it's like the hardest, most laborious thing to get through. Yeah, it takes a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's yeah, one of the I, big I've gone mostly paperless. Freeing, right? Oh, it's incredible freeing. But it was hard work. I mean, I have a little stack of paper right here, and I've got some paper in my briefcase. Pretty much that's it. I save everything to a PDF. Mm, I love that. Because I just, it just, I didn't want the outside, I didn't want the clutter. Right. I guess, I, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, pretty much everything I own I can get in my SUV in one load. I love that. Yeah, which is sort of the way I planned my life since for a long time. So what is, what's real common? Is there a particular trait in people? How does one determine that they need to work with you, basically? Um, on the physical clutter standpoint, it's people that are experiencing a lot of overwhelm in their environment just because, uh-huh. you know, what's happened, like a lot of, like things happen, like life changes, like births, deaths, yes. marriages, joining of household, like a lot of life changes can trigger lots of things. When you're joining households, you have two possessions mm-hmm. to bring together and you mm-hmm. need to purge and get rid of stuff that mm-hmm. you, you know, you don't need anymore, but our lives are so busy that people don't even really have the time to take to go through the stuff. It's, you know, making the time to actually just go through it. Mm-hmm. But there's so many life events that happen with the death, the marriages, you know, inheriting people's possessions mm-hmm. that sometimes it just gets really overwhelming and they just don't know what to do with it. So they need someone to kind of come in, help them make sense of it, show them the way to just get through it so they can declutter and clear all the stuff out that they don't need and be left with what they do want and they do love. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm really sensing is that uh, it would be great if I was a nutritionist or worked in an office and had my own business helping people get through certain health issues to have somebody like you. Mm. As a resource. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Yeah. It makes total sense. There's a lot of people around actually doing similar kind of work. And I know you probably have run into people like that. And, but how do, you, how do you differentiate yourself from anybody else that's doing it? I mean, I sort of get that you're helping people work from the inside. What do you typically say to somebody? What if you walked in here and there was like stacks and stacks and stacks of paper? And there was stuff all over. I mean, how do you first approach somebody? Or how do you first, what do you say? You know, it's, they're usually calling me. And so I let them lead the way. You have to be, you have to really meet someone where they're at and they need to feel safe with you because it's a really intimate process. So just Mm -hmm. someone who has an issue with clutter allowing you into their home is a huge step. Mm -hmm. And so I come in with, you know, just the most loving, utmost respect for the clients Mm -hmm. that I'm working with and the courage that it takes for them to even call me. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, you just meet them where they're at and I just start teaching them little by little. And each person is different. Like, I can talk about energy with some people. I can't even mention energy with others or even talk about inner clutter with some people. Mm -hmm. And then other clients, I'm spending most of my time really trying to keep them on focus and not wander off somewhere else in the Mm -hmm. house Mm -hmm. because they're so, you know, Mm -hmm. not focused with their attention that they're wandering off or I need to get them to focus. So each person, it's, um, I never run into the same person twice. 
Everyone what? Everyone's different. I never run into the same person twice, and it's never the same when I walk in right. a home and how I work with someone. It's like it's a whole new set of circumstances every time, and a, no, a new energy that you're meeting every time. And it's like, where can we go? Where do we start? What are you looking to achieve? What do you want? I got to find out what they want mm-hmm. and give them what they want, not what I think they need. Like I can mm-hmm. look at their home and be like, they need to do this, 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 and this mm-hmm. to get this, but they're not even maybe even able to see that what's going on in their home is an issue yet. Mm-hmm. There's that level mm-hmm. of denial and just that tunnel vision where you don't see it. You, mm-hmm. you just kind of block it out. You become blind to it, that avoidance. Mm-hmm. I worked with a client who we spent days uncovering her sofa and the floor leading to her sofa and her living room. Like You couldn't even walk in the wow. living room. And when we were done, her response to me was, I didn't realize how much stuff was there. Oh, wow. Just had no idea. Mm-hmm. They're just thinking that, oh, I set that over there the other day. That's right over there. Mm-hmm. But months of stuff has been set on it mm-hmm. that they're not even aware has been mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So it's easy to imagine this could take some time. Yeah, it really is. There is no quick fix. And that's what people think when the organizer's coming in is, are oh, you going to create some space in my house and the clutter is going to be gone and it's going to be done? And it's not, you mm-hmm. know, I can, mm-hmm. I can create some magic in the physical space and we can get some clear space started so some things can start to shift, but the real work is a long-term commitment. I mean, mm-hmm. it is the inner work that we all run from, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you have to do it. No one else can do it for you. Yeah. And all I can do is help you find the way I can lead you through and help you navigate through that internal clutter and how to clear it, how to let it go. Mm-hmm. But Again, you have to be willing to do that work. Yeah, I get that. And it takes commitment, and it takes dedication, and it takes a lot of hard work. I can tell you that in the two years that I've been doing this, I've only had a couple clients that have stuck long-term and continued to work on themselves and do the work. It takes a big commitment and a big a big reason why mm-hmm. you want to do it. Like mm-hmm. it ha- The why has to be big enough to mm-hmm. want to clear the clutter and heal and be happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most clients are calling and coming in for like a quick fix. They want to, they want to get, you know, their office organized or they want help in their garage. But what I find is that most people just aren't willing to continue and do the work when they find out what's really involved. All right. So what does it take? What does it take for somebody to actually, they have to, I mean, I hear you, they have to be totally committed to themselves. And is it very much like uh, somebody with any other... Because what we're talking about is addiction, is that right? Similar, yeah. I mean, it's like, when you think about addiction, there's that fixation on mm-hmm. the fix, the high, the, mm-hmm. the obsessive mm-hmm. thinking. And the same with stuff. It's an attachment to the stuff. It's a fixation on the stuff and giving it a value and, mm-hmm. and it, it doing something to you emotionally and affecting the way that you feel. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, it's like an addiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when it when you when you go through life and you are fixated over time as the years go goes on, you become very rigid mm-hmm. and very hard. And mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, the I don't know who the quote is from, but that Buddhist quote, the world is entangled and entangle, who can untangle the tangle? Mm-hmm. It's like the knot gets tighter mm-hmm. as the mm-hmm. grip continues through life and we keep accumulating. And so the longer it's been going on, the the more the stuff the more the unraveling and the more gentle you have to be and and soft and slow you have to be with the person and 
it's very delicate process to help someone unravel that fixation on stuff. Yeah. So you must have ongoing programs or something, right? Yeah. I have long-term programs for people who are willing to really commit to doing the work where we work intensively, um, you know, twice a month on Mm -hmm. the phone. It's really, the internal work is through the phone. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can go to people's house and do physical clutter all day long, but the real work is through the the healing sessions, the, the inner work sessions where I'm showing you how to find the inner clutter, be mm-hmm. present, clear it on your own, teach you the tools to empower yourself. Because my my deal is I want to teach you to empower yourself because only you can clear your clutter. Like right. only you can do the work. I can just show you how. I can right. show you how I did it right. and how I got to where I am today. And mm-hmm. that's what I have to offer. Because I I was a really messy kid. I was really disorganized. I was really unhappy. I was suicidal. I was hospitalized for trying to take my life. You know, I was a kid who had so much self-hatred that I was a cutter. I acted out in that way. I struggled with addiction. You know, I've, I've run the gamut of all that stuff and been as far down on the scale as you possibly can go when it comes to unhappiness and despair and feeling like there's no hope and all of that and just not caring about your environment, not even being able to even care what's going on. The clutter is just around you and it doesn't, you can't do anything about it to doing that inner work on myself and committing to myself that I wanted to heal and that I wanted my experience to help others and to be able to sit here and have the level of happiness that I do today. You know, like I have a freedom that I never thought possible. I never thought that I would be happy, but I've found the way to access my true essence and be there most of the time. And that's what I want to share with people is how to uncover their true essence, clear the clutter that blocks their true essence from shining through so that they can just be happy, just like we were meant to be. Nice. What was the defining moment where it all changed for you? The biggest defining moment um, was when... um, I was going through a really rough time. My wife and I were living together in a studio apartment. Mm -hmm. And, well, condo, we own it. And um, she was experiencing insomnia. And there was a lot going on with her. And I was in a management position where I had a bunch of employees under me. And I was stressed out all the time. And living in a studio with a wife that has insomnia, I'm not sleeping very much either. So we went through a really long period of time where we were sleep deprived, we were miserable, and I just spiraled. And like in my 30s, I'm experiencing that depression and despair and like not wanting to be here again anymore. And I'm like, what is all this? Like, I thought I finished this when I was in my teens, you know, (laughs) I'm going back here again. Something's up. What's going on? And then, you know, I remembered everything that I ever studied in, in Buddhism and Taoism and yoga and just that our essence, our natural state of being is just one of joy and bliss and happiness and peace and serenity. And just that, that knowing that no matter what, everything is all good. Like I knew that in my heart and I was like, okay, if I know that, that I'm going to commit to seeing if I can make that happen for myself. And I just made the decision that I was going to put my happiness above everything else. I was going to put it above my wife. I was going to put it above my job. I was finally going to commit that my happiness was the number one priority in my life. And so by doing that, I just started setting time aside each day to spend time with myself, to be in meditation and just reconnect to spirit source, whatever you want to call it. And because I was so committed to my happiness, whatever you put your attention on grows. So I made the commitment that I was going to deliberately put my attention on things that made me feel good. 
Mm-hmm. And so wherever I was, sitting in traffic, I'm looking at the trees or the birds or whatever, instead of getting road rage in the car. You know, so making that commitment and showing up for myself within a matter of three months, the most amazing changes happened in my life. We were in a studio, and my wife's insomnia was because she was worried about her mother, who had some health conditions. And we were able to buy a house and move her mom in with us, which mm. alleviated my mom's anxiety, her mom's anxiety, I and mean, hurt my wife's anxiety. <laughs> and then within three months after buying our house, I was able to quit that job where I was absolutely miserable, mm-hmm. and I took a position as an assistant um, with a couple people who wound up not needing my services, and I had a contract for a year, so they had to pay me out my contract for $50,000. So I took a year off <laughs> and formulated decluttering spaces, and that's the time that I took to combine what I was doing with the energy healing years ago with how organized I am today and really helping people get to the root of where the clutter starts from, where the unhappiness starts from. It sounds like it started with a decision. Yeah, that's the first thing. Absolutely. It was like, I like to sort of think of things in threes. So you decided. Yes. And what was the second thing? It became a happiness-seeking missile. (laughs) <laughs> happiness-seeking missile. You know, like a heat-seeking missile, it locks onto a heat signature. Sure. And it just locks on. You just so locked like onto happiness. locked onto happiness. It's like, even in an example, like in an argument with my wife, like I would be, I would realize that inside, like it wasn't feeling good. And yeah. it wasn't that like the argument was wrong, but it was just, I would acknowledge, you know what, this doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. I want to feel happy. This doesn't feel good. And having that awareness in the middle of an argument was just enough to shift the energy Mm -hmm. And within moments, we were laughing again. Nice. You know what I mean? So it's that commitment and that decision. And the decision has to be made moment to moment to moment. Mm -hmm. You know, because there's plenty Mm -hmm. of moments where I don't choose my happiness. Right. And, you know, I'm human. Right. (laughs) And there's a lot of things going on in your head, in your ego that may go, hey, no, that's not right. And you sort of have to go, no, actually, that is right. Go back (laughs) Um, to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) Or or something. Yeah. Go back to being unconscious. Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So, are you a part of any other organizations? You've yeah, yeah, you've just you've studied on your own. Yeah, you know, I've I've, I was told when I was fifteen years old by a teacher that I was autodidactic, which means self-taught. Yes. And it's just I've been a voracious reader and studier since I was and a sponge since I was just a little kid on all things spiritual. Like Mm -hmm. I came into this world just connected to source and knew it and Mm -hmm. knew that we were all brothers and sisters. And Mm -hmm. my life just took me on a journey that. And it just led me to all kinds of amazing people. I mean, my mm-hmm. family's not even religious at all mm-hmm. and not anything like that. And I had a friend of my mom's when I was younger actually take me and introduce me to Christianity and brought me into pioneer clubs. Like my parents didn't bring me into anything. So I attracted that into my life to bring me into this path, which just led me, you know, I was in, you know, introduced to Christianity for like eight years and indoctrinated for a while and came out of that. Um, but that's what led me on my journey to find Buddhism, Taoism, Hinduism, the Kabbalion, you name it. You know, I've studied all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. For those that don't know, I'm going to ask you a few questions. What was the main takeaway from Buddhism for you? Uh, the impermanence of everything. There is no I. There is no me that's permanent. There is no me that can even have karma accumulated because I'm not permanent. Mm-hmm. Who am I to? Who is the me that's going to come back in the next life? Mm-hmm. 
Nice. And what about uh, the Tao? The Taoism is, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's nameless, it's eternal, it's, and it's just the, I love Taoism because it's, you know, it's about being a leader and not a butcher. Being a leader? And not a butcher. It's about learning how to be a leader without being a butcher and, mm-hmm. you know, help people without harming people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just such a beautiful... I've, I have this little, the Shambhala Classic Pocket Edition. It's mm-hmm. like the little edition. Mm-hmm. And a chiropractor that I used to work for when I was younger, Dr. Tom McFadden, he gave me that book. And that book has stayed with me forever. All the pages are folded down and nice. flopped through. And it's like one of those books that I'll just go pick up and like flip to a page. And yeah. that's what the reading for the day is. Yeah. I always go back to that yeah, book. Yeah, that's your inspiration. And actually you work with that inspiration throughout the day. Yeah. Reflect on it. That's how I used to study. I mean, I you know read books and all the rest of it, but then I would take a I would take something, read a few lines, maybe a paragraph, and just see how it would apply in my life for that day. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I would assess it and go, yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. See how it applies. What el- what other studies? I lose track. One of my favorite authors that really uh, blew my consciousness open, um, two authors, was Barbara Han Clow and Amora Kuan Yin. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the Pleiadians or mm-hmm. the, the Pleiades star system. So when I was 19 years old, this book landed in my life called The Pleiadian Workbook. Mm-hmm. And in that workbook was... And this was at the time where I had left Christianity and I was done with Christianity because they basically told me my brother was burning in hell for committing suicide. Mm. And so I was done with Christianity at that point. It stopped answering my questions, but I knew there was more out there. And I was reading, it was, it was talking about like what Jesus's true purpose was and that he came in completely awake to awaken parents. His 12 strands of DNA were already activated. He was already fully awakened, and he just came to show us what was possible for us, and we all have the ability to do exactly as he did. Mm -hmm. And so from that point on, I realized that it was possible to not have to experience a physical death, that we could actually ascend and raise our vibration high enough that our body just disintegrates Mm -hmm. and we move on. And so from that point on, I became... so involved in learning about that was like when the Mayan calendar was big and coming out oh my god the Mayan calendar so you were talking about Barbara Han Clow oh yes so you were talking about the Mayan factor yes you were talking about Bear and Company so Barbara and I have known each other oh really we worked together for six years oh wow yeah so I mean your my connection goes deep I already knew that when I met you so in 1985 I moved to Santa Fe and I wrote all the software for Baron Company Publishers. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and then shortly after that, it was, uh, um, you know, it was uh, Jose Arguez, mm-hmm. the Mayan factor. Yeah. And then the medicine cards with uh, Jamie Sands. Okay. I haven't heard those. But- so you got into Barbara's work, huh? Yeah. Talk to me about that. Yeah, so in a more Kwanzian book, the, the Pleiadian workbook, they actually wrote their books around the same time and they complemented each other. Mm-hmm. So a more Kwanzian was mentioning Barbara's book, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I got to read that next. Mm-hmm. And so I read that book, and Barbara's book was basically talking about what was going on in the cosmology and everything that was happening with, mm-hmm. you know, I can't, you know, being in a 26,000-year cycle and entering mm-hmm. the photon band every 11,000 years and going through that accelerated human awakening in the age of Aquarius. And, and, and I, just, I was just a sponge and sucked into it. And 
that book stayed with me forever, and I've read it multiple times, multiple <laughs> times, and I've introduced it to so many people. Mm -hmm. um, but it was all coming out when like everybody was talking about the Mayan calendar, and they thought it was going to be the end of the world. Mm -hmm. like, no, it's like we're all like waking up, like we're all accelerating, and you know, talking about how the energy is accelerating, you know, at an exponential level every year as we enter the photon band. And I, I think back in night when I got the book, it was like. 1997, just about 1998, when our son was just starting to enter the photon band or go in full time or something. It was like such a huge time that I even found the book. So that really transformed me because then I really, it really gave me, for me, it answered the true questions about Jesus and, and you know, what I felt like his true mission was. And so like I just exemplified my life so what, do you, what did you feel his true mission was? Well, he really came to show us that it's possible to transfigure, that like spirit descending into physical matter and fully embodying in a physical body and being like 100% with our spirit and our body is possible. Mm -hmm. And then to raise in vibration and not have to experience physical death to mm -hmm. ascend. Mm -hmm. My gosh, you've done some work. <laughs> you want to hear another connection about Barbara, though? Yeah, Yo, sure. Love? Okay, so... So fast forward, like my life led to so many places, and when I when I came to California, um, I I was messing around. I I was still I was like in my twenties still, and um, I had found crystal meth out here, and mm. I got myself in a lot of trouble, and I was forced into treatment. It's like either go to treatment or you go to prison. Pick mm -hmm. one. Yeah. <laughs> and I got kicked out of a couple treatment programs, you know, the ones that were for straight people because they forced me to wear a dress, and I'm not going to wear a dress. So I got kicked out of a couple places, but I wound up in Stepping Stone, which is a gay and lesbian recovery center in San Diego here. And um, there was a counselor there that was there the day that I filled out my application. And at the time, like, it was an attraction. I was like, oh, I want to go to this place because this girl's cute or whatever. But mm -hmm. little did I know that the connection was so huge, I introduced her to Barbara's work. Wow. And then years later, we started hanging out as friends after I graduated. And she said, you need to go to this moon lodge. Mm -hmm. Maria something. She couldn't even pronounce her name. Mm -hmm. Urace Peru. Mm -hmm. um, you need to go to this moon lodge. And I went and connected with this woman. And I was just drawn to her and her work, like there was just mm -hmm. a connection there. And so I've been drawn to her work, and that was, that was back in like 2009. And I just found out last year when I went out to visit, because they have a sanctuary in um, New Mexico now called Tanashkada, and they're doing their work out there on 76 acres. And come to find out, Barbara Hanclow was one of the first council members. Mm. And I was just like, Wow, the yeah, connection. Yeah, full circle. Yeah, I was like, I'm meant to be yeah. a part of what you're doing. I yeah. was led here. Yeah. I'm definitely a part of this. I have no idea how, but I'm just following the guides, yeah. you nice. know? Nice. Yeah. Incredible. So. <laughs> so what's in the future for you, do you think? Hmm, the future. You know, I can't even begin to fathom because it just keeps getting better and bigger. And when mm -hmm. I think it's going to look one way, it totally changes mm -hmm. and expands and opens even bigger, mm -hmm. you know? So I really don't know. All right. <laughs> I'm just excited for what the future holds. It seems really huge. After this, you know, the solar eclipse and the eclipse tunnel we were in with the spring and jumping ahead and mm -hmm. just everything feels like really big. Like winter was really heavy this year and mm -hmm. it was really a lot of, it felt like a lot of still clearing more mm -hmm. clutter. Like it was just mm -hmm. a lot of deep work over the winter and it feels like, oh, I'm finally coming out of the cave, shaking it off full of energy and just, you know, 
having this experience, you asking me to come on the podcast, like that's just a huge thing for me coming out of my shell. Like and it's, being hu- it's huge out. for me, I got to say. It's <laughs> absolutely huge for me. Why is that? Just because this is an area... Um, this is an area and a problem I see. I see a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I just see a lot, and I know in terms of raising consciousness and making people feel better, it's as much as going to see a good naturopath or nutritionist, or if you've got something going on in some health reason. This is a level of health yeah. care that I think a lot of people could, um, you know, stand to uh, help themselves with. Yeah, so I'm absolutely. deeply appreciative that I even met you. Hmm, likewise, likewise. And one of the things that I found too, I think, is that you know we, we take it for granted letting go, but most uh-huh. people don't even learn how to let go. We're not even taught how to let go. Right. And so if you add that onto you know life, all we do is accumulate stuff, mm-hmm. and you don't have the skill of letting go. Mm-hmm. Never mind if you have hoarding tendencies. If you don't already have that skill set, mm-hmm. then it's just overwhelming, and you can't let go of anything. And it your life just becomes a mess, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? And one of the things that I realized when I'm like, when I'm, when I look back at my life and like try to figure out like, what was it that like really helped or really shifted and, and changed things for me. And it was learning how to let go really young. You know, I realized that because the path my life had taken, I was institutionalized in a psychiatric ward at like 13 years old. And being there, I learned progressive muscle relaxation. So that meant I learned how to control, how to relax my body with my mind at 13 years old. I already, and letting go of tension, I'm learning how to let go. I'm squeezing and creating tension in my body and then letting it go. So I'm like learning how to let go on a physical level of the Mm -hmm. tension in my body and gaining that control already at 13 years old. Mm -hmm. And then you combine that with like insight meditation and learning how to be an observer to your experience and not get enmeshed with your experience. And when you can observe something, that's the power that dissolves it. You don't have to do anything. You just have to learn to be a witness to your experience. And so what I like to tell my clients, and and they don't like to hear this, but your presence is required. To do the decluttering process on a physical level, an emotional level, a mental level, it doesn't matter, but your presence is required. And that's what hasn't been there the whole time. It's like blinders, not looking, avoiding, and we're not even conscious three mm-hmm. percent of the time anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so had that on top of it yeah no it's an incredible path to uh self-awareness yeah it's really really nice what is the best way for people to sort of uh find out more about you and get in touch with you um the easiest way to get in touch with me is just go to my website www.decluttering spaces just like it sounds and there's a little pop-up on the bottom right hand side that will pop up this says contact me you can leave your information your email address and phone number and let me know what you want okay. to talk to me about so it's decluttering spaces.com yes decluttering spaces.com did you hear that? I said decluttering Anything else you'd like to say? Um, uh, just to let people know that if they are interested in working with me, it's springtime. So for the physical level, if you're looking to get you know a handle on some of the physical clutter, I have a three-hour special going on for the spring that's $99. Oh, really? Yeah. So what, what does that include? It's a three-hour session where I come in, we kind of assess what, what's going on, what you want to achieve, and mm-hmm. get a good 
get a good area clear for you to create some clear space in your life and start introducing you to, you know, what some of the internal clutter is and what that's like and what the real work entails. But it's a good introduction where we also get to meet because it's such an intimate process Mm -hmm. that nobody really wants to commit to a long-term commitment if you haven't met someone. So I like to work with you for a few hours and see if it's a good fit for both of us because Mm -hmm. if, you know, it might not be a good fit for me either if you're not someone who wants to do the work type of thing. So it's a good way to just see if it's a good fit on both ends and, you know, if we like working together and and what the next steps are. Yeah, nice. Well, thanks for being here. Well, thanks so much for having me. What an honor. Yeah. I'm glad I no, found you. Great. Yeah, no, I'm glad we found each other. <laughs> I know. It was like all, we, we met at the mixer. Yeah. And I was totally like wallflower most of the night. And I had my other wallflower with me and decided we'd go like walk around and say hi to people together. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the night, I realized there's this whole table of people I hadn't even said hi to. And I just forced myself to walk over and you were at that table too, standing yeah. there. Yeah, well, by. I was standing there. Yeah, you were you sitting did. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it was some people I had never met before. Yeah, so that was great. That's great. All right, so everybody out there, it's like really would love to hear any of your feedback. Um, You can go to the website, alternativehealthtools.com, the podcast, and there's a Contact Us page. And if you have anything, any questions at all, all of the show notes will include the links to Amel's website and also pretty much everything else that we mentioned. And so... uh, Anyway, I really encourage you to drop on by and leave us a note. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Thank you so much.